0: Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for your main event. In one corner, the host of this show, he is the chief of Zone Head Nation, Brandon Kravitz. And in the other corner, hailing from Tampa, Florida, they call him the Z-Man, Zach Blobner. Let's get ready to rumble. I'm kidding. They're actually friends. Let's send you back to the studio for this week's Tampa Report. Hey. Oh, and boy, do we have a lot to report on. Zach Robner, one half of the J&Z show, noon to 3 p.m. on 95.3 WDAE. At Zach on the mic is how you can find him on social. And you can catch both of us on the Fantasy Fix every Sunday from 10 to 11 a.m. all across the Sunshine State on the iHeartRadio app. Zach, welcome. I assume the vibes are sky high in Tampa.
1: Oh, I'm good, man. Yeah, things are good. You know, that's the beauty of sports. You turn the page. Uh, the Bucks are 3-1 atop the NFC South. The USF Bulls are atop their conference. That's at, right. Uh, 2-0, the Rowdies on the soccer side are, are vying for the one seed. They're going to be in the postseason again. So, uh, you know, things are good. The Lightning start their season next Tuesday. We'll be at Amelie Arena for that. Um, Interesting. So that's it's there's a lot of good, but uh, yeah, there's also one really giant dark spot, and that's the Tampa Bay Rays right now.
0: I was eavesdropping on the J and Z show this afternoon, oh, no. and boy, you were taking call after call after call, and it, it was like a, it was like a three hour therapy session.
1: Yeah, and I I think so. Like, and you probably do this as well. I always try to open up the lines after tough losses, uh, especially postseason losses. And the reception today felt like we got more calls than normal. Um, I think it's twofold. I think it's that the people that are optimistic about the Rays or were heading into this postseason uh, had a real sense of like pain and like it really did sting to watch how the Rangers just whipped them around for two games at home. Then you top on the attendance issue, and yeah, the people that that were on the, the the good side of everything were like, no, we're really going through it right now, and then you have the complete other half of the people that called in that were just like waiting to kick a team, a player, a a manager, the whole team, whatever, while they were down. These are the people that told you there was no way they'd win in the postseason and that Kevin Cash sucks as a manager and that St. Pete will never work as a stadium. So we got a lot from both sides, and uh, I'm not super shocked, but yeah, it was a lot.
0: So who's catching most of the flack from another postseason flameout?
1: Um, man, it's tough. I I would say the conversation that was the most prevalent even after a loss was the stadium situation, right? Um, and the lack of fans in the stands and why and you know, whether it was people defending the fan base or, you know, taking shots at Major League Baseball for the time and the day. Um, that was probably the number one topic, ironically. After that, you have this and I don't think it's the majority, I think it's a very loud minority of people that or like Kevin Cash has to go, whether they don't think he's a good manager, or they just simply think that kind of like Tony Dungy, he's a great coach, but he's not the right one, the right voice for this team or this club. Um, those are probably the two biggest things. It really wasn't on the players, although I think that they were the biggest issue, ironically. Yeah, I mean,
0: I was I was looking at some of the stats. The guys that were batting one through four in the order went seven of twenty-four, which isn't awful, but it's not good. Um, and then. Uh, in the, over the course of two games, the guys who were batting seven through nine, I don't think any of them got a hit. So I mean, like you're not getting you're not getting great production from the guys at the top of the order. You're getting absolutely nothing from the guys at the back end of the order, and it's just hard to win games like that.
1: It is, um, and look, injuries are no excuse for the way that they lost. But let's just say it went three games and you know they lost by a run or two and the in the the losses that they had in that hypothetical world that doesn't exist. I think you start to look at the injuries a little bit more and you say, look, they just didn't have the horses this time around. The way they lost though, they had enough talent on the field to score more than one run. They had enough, you know, at their back with being at home and, and having experienced such a disappointing postseason last year to put out a better effort. And the fact that they didn't uh really is less everybody's scrambling, and I'm sure the Rays organization feels the same way, trying to find out why and trying to figure out, okay, well, how the hell do we stop this from happening again yeah. next year or any other year?
0: So uh, we were we opened the show talking about this today, and one of the texts that came in I think is a fair question, but I just disagree with it, is that, is that the lack of fan support at the stadium had a negative impact on the players. In my case for this, I would assume that you would – uh, echo the same sentiments, because you talk about this topic far more than I do, is that these guys have overcome that for years. The Rays have been a really good team at the Trop for for many years. I think they might have even had the most home wins this year. So this isn't something that all of a sudden they look up and they're bothered by and their performance is impacted, but what do you think? Is that And is that something that you're hearing from fans that they kind of point the finger at each other because if the team was more supported, then there would be more of a home field advantage?
1: I think there's a lot of uh, inner team arguing for sure in the fan base, and those are always fun. Those are always interesting when when you have everybody supporting one team but also arguing with each other on different parts of it. Um, Look, here's the thing. They had a 25%, 30% boost in attendance this year, so the players actually were used to more fans than normal. And if you go back and look at the Trops, for as much as it's towards the bottom in terms of attendance most years, every year really, uh, their playoff numbers are really freaking good. Even on other series in the past where they've had day games in the afternoon over the week, weekdays, like they typically get 25 to 28,000 minimum. if not 30, 35 K. So to get 19 K and like 20 K in back to back days, even by their standards for playoff baseball is really, really bad. Uh, I think the players did notice to act like a great atmosphere and a great packed trop would have been the difference. It's tough for me. Again, if it was a closer game or a closer series, I think I can kind of lean into that a little bit more. But when you just get your butt kicked two days in a row, I don't care if you have one fan or 100 billion fans supporting you at the trop. You're just not playing well enough to win. So for me, it's, it's a lot of factors. Uh, the atmosphere is certainly one of them. But ultimately, the players just, the two starting pitchers put out stinkers, and the bats were ice cold minus one scored run. And you're just not going to win any series in the postseason when you're doing that.
0: So I saw John Romano from the Tampa Bay Times pointed out that the team has a stellar reputation, obviously, but that their their method isn't evolving. What what exactly do you think he means by that, and is that fair?
1: Wow. Um the way that they approach things uh, hasn't changed because, in their mind, it works. And there's an argument that it does, right? Like they've sent so many franchise milestones over the last few years. They made it to a World Series in the last few years. They've been in the postseason every year five straight. Like they have a system that clearly gets into the postseason and has mixed results in terms of like how those postseasons go, but. Again, you've even gotten to a World Series. You haven't won it, but you've gotten to one. You've been in an ALDS. More recently, you've had two wild-card berths, but last year they were on the road. This year they were the home team at the high wild-card. So mixed results, right? And then mixed results once you're in the playoffs and how those go as well. Unfortunately, the last three years have been the downside. The first two were the good side, and it has been trending in the wrong direction. So I, I think... I think it's tough because if you're the Rays, you're like, okay, we could try to tweak and do things differently, but what if we don't even make the postseason? And then how hard is it to turn the tables and get back to the way things were? You're trying to improve on what you've done. And when when everything goes to hell and it's not working, it's easy because you just say, scratch it over, we'll start over from fresh, and we'll figure it out. But when you're having consistent success, just not to the level you want it, it's a lot harder because you're trying to figure out what's going wrong without completely upsetting the apple cart. Um, and that's, that's the tough part they're in. I mean, look at your Orioles, right? They sucked forever. They built a great farm system. Right now, everything's working. Like, there's no in-between. Yeah. But when, when you're in-between, it's a lot harder, and that goes for any team in any sport.
0: Yeah, and I think the Rays probably find themselves in a similar situation that the Miami Heat do. The New England Patriots are dealing with that right now. They've been so well-run for so long, they don't know how to bottom out, and so they just end up solid, consistent, sometimes stuck in the middle because of it, but they don't know how to go f- to the bottom so that they can get to the top. And I but wonder do you if have the Razor are... – I don't do think you have – ha- I mean, look, the Heat were in the finals last year, so exactly. I don't think that you have to, but it seems like those organizations don't even let that enter into the equation. Like, they that that's not even brought up in the boardroom, you know?
1: I don't know if it should be, right? I mean, you want to be – your goal is to win games. Your goal is to be competitive. And win a division and win a World Series. And it's like, okay, well, we're being competitive. We're winning games. We've won the division, and, you know, we're competitive for the division. Um, And we've been to a World Series so that we know if you can get to a World Series, I know they haven't won one. I know it's different. But if you make it to a World Series – you could win a world series. Like to me, those things go hand in hand. Um, don't ask the Buffalo bills that though. But that the point is, is like, <laughs> if you're close enough to be within striking distance, even if you don't win it, you could win it. Right. You're in the game. Yeah. Man, I get that. So uh, yeah, I don't think they need to the bottom out. And I think that's the tough part is because they're hitting this, this part with fans now where it's like, okay, fire Kevin cash. We think we can get somebody better, but even if we can't, we got to try something new. And it's like I don't think we're there yet with the Tampa Bay Rays, but I understand the argument of it's worth the risk of going backwards to try to go further forwards. But organizationally, places don't work like that. That's not how businesses are ran.
0: You know what it is? It's the video game society that we live in. All of us, all of us at, the, at our age, maybe even a little bit older. You know, and the game wasn't going your way. You just turned it off and turned it back Turn on. Turn it off. That easy. Well, reset.
1: even even if, I can't tell you how many like Madden games I played younger, where I would just do like a redraft of the entire like league, and I'm like, eh, I'm just gonna do that again because you can just keep hitting reset, you know. <laughs> Zach
0: Lobner, Zach Lobner, joining us from 95.3 WDAE uh, in Tampa. I uh, I was just spit out my water. Uh, so the good news in Tampa, real quick, is that the football team enters the bye week three and one. Did you see this as a possibility when the season began? Is it feels like. They are far exceeding expectations here.
1: Never a doubt. I had him penciled in. <laughs> I was so confident. I have a Baker Mayfield tattoo. Uh, he's a stud. Shake and bake. Um, no, this is crazy. Even the most optimistic person on the station, my co-host for the Bucks this year, he had him at two and two in the break, and he had some more issues happening that, quite frankly, have not to this point. Uh, they've exceeded all expectations, and you know, I, I went into it thinking. There's a lot of mystery, and that's good for a club that just finished up the Tom Brady era that, you know, bended three straight playoffs and won a Super Bowl under his regime in, in his era. So for me, I looked at it and I said, these mysteries are great. But the chances of all these mysteries turning out to be good things, right? Like door number one, two, three, four, and five are all prizes. What kind of game show is this? I love this. That's not realistic. That's not likely. But that's what's happening. Baker's been a great fit. Dave Canales has been a great OC there. Todd Bowles, having his own st- staff and everything, despite everybody's thoughts of him as a head coach, has been really good at creating a culture and creating uh, staff and, and players around him that are like on board with his message and his his ways. Um, just like they're just they're hitting all these great things. The offensive line was reworked. They moved Tristan Warps over. He was an All Pro uh, on the the right side they move him to left tackle and he's been just as good he's the best left tackle by pressures for passers in the entire league right now so everything they've tried is pretty much worked and uh i don't know if it'll continue but in terms of the first month like it could not have went better they're a playoff team now are they a playoff contender i don't know we saw them against philly they get another crack at a good team in detroit they play better against the lions I think we can start talking about them as a, a legitimate playoff contender. They're definitely a playoff team right now, though. Yeah,
0: feels like a team that's going to make the playoffs and and one that uh, has a very clear ceiling. I'll wrap with you with, with my idea that the the Bucks being at 3-1 and one, and if they're even able to improve on that, that they need a B-12 shot to kind of get them to the finish line because I still think this roster has a lot of question marks, most notably at running back because this team cannot run the football, and you're not going to beat the the best teams in the league if you can't rely on that at some point and take some pressure off of Baker. I see a guy over there in Indianapolis that might be disgruntled. What do you think about a trade for Jonathan Taylor? There's my idea for the Bucks. I've been throwing out there.
1: I, I don't hate it. I toyed with the idea about a week ago, because uh, we were talking about, actually two weeks ago, because we were talking about how bad the running game was after Philadelphia, and I was like, I mean, there's no magic wand, right? You can't go out and trade for jonathan taylor because it's it's hard to wrap my head around but like that would be a solution right yeah. like if you can bring in jt i know they can't pay him because right now like they're still up against it cap wise um and i would assume jt if he gets traded is going to want to go somewhere where you can get a long-term deal done so keeping that in mind it does make it in my mind less realistic however i don't know what the trade compensation is and let's just say they trade for him and then he hits free agency like it is what it is if the Colts are looking to get something for him, and he's just looking to get out of Indianapolis, and nobody's looking to give him a long-term deal, at least at this juncture in this trade point, uh, I think the Bucks should at least make a call and make a legitimate offer. Again, I don't know what that looks like. Like, I don't know what you would give up for him. Like, is a third-round pick enough? Is a fourth and a fifth enough? Like, I wouldn't give up a first. I wouldn't give up a second. Um, and I wouldn't. Oh give they're up not the
0: giving him up for less than a ball. second. It would have to be at least this know, one second-round pick.
1: Would you give up a second-round pick for him?
0: Yeah. If I
1: felt if like you can't, my team, if, if I can't like resign him,
0: I would do it. If I if I can't re-sign him, probably not.
1: Yeah, and that's the juncture we're at with the yeah.
0: Bucs. Like, okay,
1: I'm with you. That, that, that erases them.
0: Then you can catch Zach noon to three p.m. on 95.3 WDAE. At Zach on the mic is how you can find him on social. And Sunday, which is a couple days away now, ten to eleven a.m. You can find us on the Fantasy Fix. I look forward to it, Zach. I know that you put in a, a really tough three hours today, so. Appreciate you carving out some time for us. Uh, Always.
1: Y'all enjoy. Cheers.
0: Our sit-down with Jalen Suggs in full. That's coming up next. You don't want to miss it.